Welcome, Dr. Brian Preeze. Welcome to new podcast, Instagram Live. Um, we, I'm super excited about this. We are going to go deep into talking about physical health and mental health and chiropractic. And yes. part of this is we are, you just launched your new clinic. And so I want to ask you about um, how you got into chiropractic and um, just celebrate your new clinic opening. Yes, thank you, Matt. So um, years ago, towards the end of high school um, and in early college, I was very active and involved with sports. I suffered from a back injury, actually being on a water ski show team, which you don't hear very often. It's very popular in Wisconsin. And uh, I ended up going through physical therapy. I went to chiropractic and I that opened my eyes to like this world of like conservative healthcare, as you could say. And after shadowing a few chiropractors, in particular, um, my then girlfriend, now wife's cousin, um, they, he's a chiropractor, they're both chiropractors up in Minnesota, and they use a very integrated approach with the, with the patient. And it's almost like neck pain and back pain is just like a, a portal of entry to get somebody into the door and then be able to like look at them as a whole person from like the holistic self and then you know working with them on nutrition and um, lifestyle modification mindset all sorts of stuff and just just looking at them as like a whole person rather than them rather than just one problem so yeah i, I think can't... that that's huge i think that's huge about what most people don't really fully understand is how our bodies fully integrated and how our physical health impacts mental health and spiritual health. Um, how, how have you seen that as a chiropractor and how does that, does that work? Well, imagine you go on a beach vacation, you're laying on the beach, but you have a headache. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account. It doesn't matter how beautiful the people are that you're with. It doesn't even matter how good your body is looking at that point. If you have a headache, that's all you can focus on. You can't even live in the moment. So without a doubt, your physical health is going to influence your mental health just from there. And mm -hmm. once, I always say like a rising tide is going to raise all the ships. So if you are improved physically, it just spills over into your, your spiritual life and your mental health life. Absolutely. Yeah, that's um, a huge topic uh, with uh, momentum. And a lot of people have read Atomic Habits, and so I was gonna, just going to mention that, where mm -hmm. how we change is often a lot slower than we think we can. It's a lot better to um, change your habits slowly than all at once. So, for example, he has, he has the example that's kind of funny to me, but it's you, where you floss one tooth um, per day. So you start with one tooth, and then the second day you do two, two, and then the third you do three. Mm -hmm. And so it, it sounds like a really dumb example, but... He, he went through all this research of, of how most, effective, most effectively how people change and that's often the way, the best way to do it is starting slowly instead of, instead of having these like grand goals where you say you're gonna <clears throat> floss every day and work out every day and do everything every day. It's better to integrate those practices like slowly over time. Yeah, absolutely. And just like fixing one thing, it's just amazing how everything else improves. Like for me, as soon as I get momentum, and I'm talking like three days, it just give me like three <laughs> days to get the ball rolling, like three days of like continuous exercising, then before I know it, I'm automatically 
uh, eating better, I'm automatically sleeping better. Just the spillover is, is there, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I'd love to talk a little bit about, we talked earlier about your like story early on, um, when, like when you were struggling mentally and physically, um, mm -hmm. how did you get out of that negative cycle and start the momentum? Yeah, so there was a time where I suffered significantly with anxiety and depression many years ago. And I went, I decided to go like the medication route because it was a quick route. But the problem was it just dulled everything and it even mm -hmm. like made it so I just didn't care about anything. So as a result, I started just eating uncontrollably and we <laughs> just didn't even, didn't care at all. So I ended up gaining a significant amount of weight, ended up having to, um, really hone in my focus and I got off the medication and just realized like foundationally that I needed to just um, pick up the pieces of like my foundation and sort of uh, strengthen my identity. And that, um, that was a long journey, but I ended up losing a hundred pounds, really oh. found out who I was as a person and learned discipline along the way. But gaining that momentum was not easy because when you look at the scale and it's 305 pounds and you're accustomed to being like a D3 college athlete, um, that's really hard to stomach for sure. Where did you start? Where'd your momentum start at? Like, did you, what was your first like small goal? Uh, my first small goal was a, a workout streak. I said, if I can commit to, I did a had a minimum role where I would work out 20 minutes a day. And I did that every single day for 100 days. And you, you can get creative with 20 minutes. Sometimes the workouts were longer, but oftentimes it was simply 20 minutes a day. And that's all I could muster. And sometimes yeah. it would be 1140 at night. I'd say, shoot, I still got to get my workout in. And I would go do it. Um, but I did that consistently. I did that for like 100 days straight. And that really is what that's the momentum that got everything started. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think one of the most important things there is that, and I've learned this too over time, is that consistency is a lot more important than passion that kind of comes and goes. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. If yeah. you can do the same thing every day or every week, then that's going to automatically build up way faster than you just pouring yourself into it like once or twice a month or yeah. True that. And one thing I know you talk a lot about is, like when you're actually like on purpose and like mission focused, then that's more of like a big picture thing. So then you wake up with varying emotions and those don't have as much control when you know that there's an overarching mission for your life and a purpose for your life, which frankly, a lot of people lack as, as you talk about a lot. Yeah. That's, oh, that's one of my favorite points actually this year is how, yeah, having a mission and a purpose for your life. And I think yeah. that's what every man needs specifically. And a lot of times it takes a while to, to get there to kind of seek out your, your, your mission and passion and what you're made for and what you can do to be help, to be helpful full to others. Um, but once you discover what you're good at and what you're, you're made for, I think mentally, um, everything you can set your goal and intention on kind of one set target and then work, your passion kind of erupts from there and you can work towards that, that huge goal, kind of sort of what I see, kind of see you doing. Mm -hmm. Um, how, yeah. How, how did you, how did that work out for you? Um, just searching for your, your purpose and how did, like, how did that affect you mentally? 
Well, I, I am a practicing Christian. So that for me involved like a lot of prayer and just like seeking out my identity in, in, in God and who I'm created to be. And I've realized like one of the things that really they say to, to find your, your purpose or like one of your passions is like, what is something that kind of like bothers you that it's not done correctly or this or that about the world and mm-hmm. like that you feel like you could you fit you have a heart for fixing and like you can't yeah. stop focusing on that and for me it's this realm of like a functional medicine nutritional healing that i just so i see so much power with it that it's just not being applied and especially with the way that our modern american healthcare system is it's so broken and like people are looking for answers they're just wandering in the desert and I'm just like, there is like hope, there is a solution for this. And it's like, how do you not, how do you not, you know, rein someone in and try and help them when you have that knowledge, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's yeah. really, it's easy to see people that are stepping into their purpose and like passionate about something. So that's why I think it's um, really exciting to have you on. Just talk about that more. Um, I want to get a little bit more into the science of, mm-hmm. Um, physical health and how it affects us mentally and spiritually. So I guess one of the biggest facts I learned in the past couple of years was the fact that something around 70% of our ser- serotonin levels um, don't pr- are produced in our stomach. Like I always thought everything in the brain, you know, uh, everything in the brain is just produced in the brain. And so I was kind of shocked at how much and and serotonin serotonin levels aren't the only indicator of you know dopamine right. happiness or what or whatever, mm-hmm. but um, it's a, I mean it's a big factor and so that was the one big fact that kind of shocked me. And then we were talking earlier earlier about um, the gut brain connection and could you go into a little bit more on like our nerve cells in our stomach and how that all works? Yeah, so within your your gut and especially in the large intestine, for example, there's good bacteria and bad bacteria. There's a lot of products marketed towards like improving your good bacteria nowadays. So it, within that ecosystem is where these hormones that are directed at your nerve cells are called neurotransmitters. That's where those are created. And you have GABA created there, glutamate, serotonin, and so many of these wonderful like nerve transmission cells are created there. And also you have a, your own, there's like a actual brain within your gut that affects everything. Okay. So to ignore that as part of like treatment for anxiety and depression is like, you're just ignoring this giant like log in the way, you know what I mean? Um, And there's plenty of research nowadays that, you know, someone's simply increasing their vegetable intake. Like I think it's adding in like two servings of vegetable a day by the end of a week or so there's statistically significant improvements in their overall um anxiety or depressive symptoms wow. so it's, it's it's a powerful connection absolutely what do you think about those vegetable powders <laughs> <laughs> um i i suppose it's like a good substitute and some of them are pretty complete um yeah. but there's no real substitute for like true whole food nutrition, organic yeah. nutrition. It's usually, my the, that's usually a good rule. That's usually a good rule. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so also we were talking about how um, leaky gut can lead to brain fog. 
Um, how yes. does that happen? Yeah, so leaky gut is like a hidden way that your overall inflammation levels increase throughout your body. So as a result of basically continued attack from foods you're sensitive to and other um, offenders within your body, the cells of your intestine, they start to open up a little bit. They should be nice and tight, but they start to open up like that. And that allows some larger particles into your bloodstream and your body does not like that. Your body starts to attack it. Okay. So then you get an, an immune response and the majority of inflammation or inflammation is an immune response within your body. So when you have these foreign molecules going in there, it causes the overall increase in your inflammation levels throughout your body and your blood. And some of the byproducts of that can go to your brain. So there's people who have like a constant like brain fog and it's like this fog that just never lifts. And a lot of times it, it can be caused by leaky gut or other food sensitivities that are uh, causing just constant inflammation. And the byproducts of that inflammation are affecting the brain and decreasing your brain function. And it can go both ways mentally too, right? Like where um, brain fog can be caused by anxiety. Yep. Yeah, 100%. So there's a, a really intimate interconnection between between all those players. I mean, between the diet, the mindset, and um, and how your body like operates with the food. Nice. Um, so... I guess, what are your, I was going to go for a three big, what are your three food rules that you mostly adhere to or recommend? Yeah. So honestly, there's a lot of like allergenic foods nowadays that people are sensitive to and they're getting weird symptoms that they don't even realize it's because of the, this, the poor quality of our food supply. So for people to, I think, 90% of people would feel better just eliminating gluten and dairy. I think it'll fix something in your life. And especially if you have, have some sort of health problem going on, just eliminating those two offenders, gluten and dairy will make a big impact. That's number one. Um, number two, I would say is trying to decrease your sugar intake and having like an overall lower glycemic diet. So not trying to spike that blood sugar, reducing your starches. Um, I, I think you people would be surprised with like how sustainable your energy is, how sustainable your kid's energy is. You know, they say when, um, when a kid, like a, when an adult, when their like blood sugars are out of control, it just looks like them napping on the couch. But for a kid, when their blood sugars are out of control, it looks like them having a temper tantrum. So, um, and then number three, I would say is actually fasting. I think practicing fasting is, something that's like a lost art but it's been done for thousands of years and just skipping try fasting for 12 hours try 18 hours like your first three-day fast by the end of it you realize whoa like i you know that remember that movie limitless with matthew mcconaughey yes like who doesn't want that limitless drug <laughs> i honestly feel like a half dose of that limitless limitless drug is fasting yeah like if you do a three-day fast you're going to feel like awakened to your senses and who you were meant to be and not to mention like spiritually and in tune with everything it's remarkable 
Yeah, that's a that's a big one. I think a lot of more people are talking about these days. Um, yeah, and it's easy to. I think it's it's easy to to start with. Yeah, like what you're saying, the 12, 12 or eighteen hours. And so some people do do different structures where it's they eat eight hours, fast sixteen, or or the opposite. Uh, <clears throat> the processed sugar one is huge too. I <clears throat> my favorite protein is BPN. And I'm mm -hmm. like, it's so good. And they use for alternative sugar, they use monk fruit and nice. um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. So, and now people are like, use it as coffee creamer as well. So I yeah. think like, that's a really good one um, to use because it's really, I think it's super, it's, really, it's so hard in America to reduce your sugar intake. Yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. So that and uh, stevia, those are the two big ones right now that are like pretty known to be safe and, and still give you that like sweetness dose that you we all love. <laughs> yeah, I I like stevia when it's like combined with something else. If it's mm -hmm. like all stevia, it kind of tastes weird to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. So they all have like that weird like not real sugar, but something different flavor to them. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So coming down from losing 100 pounds and like how much you've changed now, what are couple? Do you can you go into just a couple? like disciplines that you adhere to now um, and how they've changed? Yeah, so uh, there's there's no standing still. That's what I've learned. You're either going forward or going backwards. And yeah. like I just had a kid five months ago and mm -hmm. I was really surprised that like within about two and a half months, all of a sudden I'm, I'm looking down and I'm like, shoot, the dad bod is coming on in full force. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, that really surprised me, you know, just getting off of some of my habits uh, just because of the nature of being a father now. So there's, there's, there's no standing still. You have to just keep pushing forward and it's going to continue to be uncomfortable. <laughs> but it, the, as soon as you sit down, it just is going to overtake you and life's going to pass you by. Yeah, that's a good point too, is even if you have like, even if you're perfectly disciplined most of the time, mm -hmm. things still happen and, and you like people, you still tr will travel and that changes everything because you're not in your, you're not in your home doing the same thing. And then, and then the, the people, some people travel for work and have work with different work hours and responsibilities. And then like what you were saying with having a, a kid. And so some, some things change your life significantly where it's really hard to get back into it. Uh, like a disciplined routine um but i think having a set structure for when you're at home is one of the most important things and yeah, like sure. like what you said earlier and i'm gonna work out every single day for 20 minutes and and even sp starting small um i think that's one great takeaway too is set set, set a small goal for yourself and do it every single day mm -hmm. and focus on the consistency consistency of doing that for I'd say six to eight weeks and then set a bigger goal. And, um, even with the, even with the food, um, rules as well, where you can change from going out to eat, you know, five times a week into going out to eat like two or three times a week. So I think those are some, some good principles to like sort of have, incorporate small changes in your life over time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when I was, when I was like 300 some pounds, okay, I, I learned about David Goggins back in like 2015, 2016. We all know David Goggins, it's yeah. a crazy story. 
you know, he was 305 pounds. I was 305 pounds. <laughs> Listening to him on some podcasts, I remember thinking like, all right, let's go. Let's get it after this. So I, I laced up my running shoes for the first time, you know, many years. And I got out there on the, on the trail. I was like, I'm going to go run. I'm going to just go, you know, do like 20 miles today or something. So I went out for like an eight mile run. And by the end of that, I remember my calves were so swollen that for like three days I couldn't walk and it set me back. <laughs> it was, and I literally could just had to stay at home, like on the couch because I was in so much pain. Anytime I took a step, it just destroyed me. So that was like this drastic, like Hail Mary effort that ended up just like, you know, just killing me basically. So yeah. um, <laughs> on the that's contrast, a, once, that's a, once that's I realized- not- sounds like a good and bad thing though because you had you had david in mind and he he showed you what could be done based on like his yeah. transformation so i think that's also like really really important too with any kind of transformation you're trying to do in your own life is 99 percent of the time there's going to be someone who's done it before you and so you can look at them and follow them a little bit but really be inspired by them and know that you can do it because someone else has done it before you yeah, that's that's for sure. If someone could pave the way and you realize it's possible, it expands your mind to realize, okay, it can be done, right? Yeah, it's super inspiring to just to, to see and hear from other people's stories and of what they kind of overcame, and so you can you can mentally put yourself in in their in their shoes and then be inspired to to do it on your on your own. One hundred percent. So. Awesome. I did do the. I did have to do the marathon after I lost hundred pounds, though. So got that out of the way. Wow. When was the marathon? I was like two and a half years ago now. Yeah. Three years ago. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to recover? That one uh, was forty-eight hours, I think. Forty-eight. But I did. I did go to work the next day. I had to like adjust a bunch of patients. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, why are you limping around? <laughs> nice. Yeah, what are you excited for about in your new clinic since you just launched? Honestly, just to serve people in a new way and to really look at people with like a whole person approach in mind. And I think the the best part is when people can be surprised is it's really easy just to like, hey, I have headaches, I have migraines, neck pain, back pain. I heard chiropractic could help. Then they come in and you know, I look at their forms and it's like, Hey, like, it seems like you're having some like hormonal issues. Has anybody looked at that? Oh yeah. My doctor, he, he doesn't know what to do. We're kind of at a loss right now. Just kind of, maybe got to live with it. And if I'm able to come in there and actually help someone transform and get through that and, and release that burden from them, man, that's powerful. That's amazing. (laughs) That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a huge problem with a lot of guys is they, are hurting in some way and don't necessarily think there's ways to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like, even like what manly, what manliness looks like nowadays has been really like broken up. So balancing, like a lot of people think like that aggressive man you see in the movies is like full of testosterone, but really that's like cortisol driven and true testosterone man is someone who's like caring for his family and like stands up for what's right things like that so like male hormone issues uh are certainly a thing now too yeah what do you think about um 
like bodybuilders taking testosterone. Well, that's a whole other discussion there, Matt. <laughs> 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 yeah, but if you can watch any YouTube video of that afterwards, they always regret, you know, juicing pretty much. Well, I do want to ask you, do you have any thoughts on that? Like the art, the reason why men's testosterone levels have decreased 50% over the last 20, 30 years? Yeah, there's a lot of like environmental factors that are considered and like plastics. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's so, sort of like um, the way that the sex hormones are being like developed in our bodies. A lot of there's a lot of blockages and interferences with our modern environments and with like dietarily what we're consuming. So that's the biggest component. Yeah. Um, just coming back from Europe, uh, I felt so much better eating food there because it's way harder in america to get quality food and yeah, they have sure. they just have way better laws regarding food over there and so mm -hmm. the bread bread and dairy and everything is just more fresh and better for you Absolutely. so i think that's such a big big change it's possible to do in america but it's uh, way harder yeah for sure so many people who are like gluten-free devout gluten-free people they go to to italy for example they're able to eat pizza and it not affect them it's like, okay, there's the proof is in the pudding, y'all. <laughs> yes. I wish that would change. Right. <laughs> awesome, Brian. Um, do you have any other thoughts you want to share around mental health, physical health, um, what people can do to um, feel better? Uh, basically, if, if you're dealing with anxiety or depression, chances are the guys around you struggle with it too. And we got to remove the stigma around it. And it's okay to like, to talk about it and be like, Hey, like we're men, we struggle too. We need to be strong for our communities, for our families. So to unburden ourselves from that and not just fight it in silence, I think is really important. So I really appreciate what you're doing. I love the movement that you're starting and just spreading the word and just opening a conversation. That's all it is. And, you know, asking that question, like, Hey man, how are you doing? You know, you're not, you're not meant to be on an island. So no man is an island, right, Matt? I love that. Yes, that's the mm -hmm. mission. Um, thank you so much, Brian. I want to tell everyone out there to go see Dr. Brian, Dr. Preeze, um, and, and, and you're, it's located in, we're in Charlotte and this is, it's in the clinics in Plaza, right? Uh, it's in the little neighborhood of Elizabeth. Elizabeth. So, yeah. yeah. So just outside of uptown, like four minutes from that uptown. Nice. Sweet. Well, thanks, Brian, so much for coming on. And thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, All right, man. <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah.